Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 474 for the 18th of Adar in a regular year. There's a story that is told, and I may have even retold this story on the podcast here in the past. I'm not 100% sure. But anyhow, the story goes that there was once a man that went to visit a very wise sage in China, and he asked the sage to teach him some of his wisdom. And the sage took a look at this man, and he paused for a moment, and then he said, okay, sure, I can teach you some of my wisdom. But first, I would like to know, would you like to join me for a cup of tea? And so the man, you know, wanting to be polite and uh, go along with whatever the sage wanted to do said, sure, I can join you for a cup of tea. So the sage took the man into the kitchen with him uh, and prepared a, a pot of tea and then started pouring the tea into one of the cups. And as the cup began to fill, you know, it started to fill up fairly quickly. And the man said, okay, okay, that's enough. I, you know, I don't want that much tea. But the sage kept pouring and he was pouring and pouring, pouring until the cup totally uh, became full to the brim, at which point the man said, stop, stop. And the the sage kept pouring and he kept pouring until the, the tea actually overflowed over the cup until eventually, you know, the man said to the sage, stop, stop, stop. You can't pour tea into a full cup. What are you doing? And then the sage stopped finally, and he looked at the man and he said, exactly. He said, that's your first lesson. Uh, So what, what was this about? What was this lesson there to teach the man? The lesson was that in order to learn a great amount of wisdom, then you need to empty your mind first of any other preconceived notions that you might have. A lot of times we come into um, into different situations with our ego, with our preconceived notions, with different things we think we know. We feel so confident in what it is that we think we know that it's hard for us sometimes to retain or to take in anything new. There's a sim- similar story to this actually in Judaism with a famous sage, Rav Zera from the Talmud, who fasted 100 days in, so in order to help him forget the Babylonian Talmud before he left Babylon to live in the land of Israel so he could now study the Jerusalem Talmud. So what's this about? Why would he want to do this? So the understanding was that the Jerusalem Talmud was on a much higher level than the Babylonian Talmud and he understood that in order to uh, understand this new wisdom, he had to forget all of the old wisdom that he had before. So that's kind of an extreme example. And, you know, uh, I I wouldn't advise any of us to go about trying to forget all the knowledge that we have, or particularly the, the Torah knowledge that we've gained over time. But 
Well, as we'll see in uh, in today's episode, the theme of today's episode is really about this idea of nullification, this idea of recognizing the limitations of our own knowledge, recognizing the limitations of our own emotions, recognizing the limitations of our very being in terms of our relationship with, to God. So we started talking about this yesterday when we were talking about the idea of love of God and how you know we, we tend to think of love of God, especially somebody who's very passionate in their love of God. We see this in a very high light, as we should, because it's it's great. It definitely is one of our uh, purposes in life. And one of the goals of the Tanya is to help us cultivate this love of God. At the same time, we need to have this recognition that love, even of God, and even coming from a very great Sadiq is by nature limited, because it's it's li- because the person who is loving is limited by their own emotions, limited by their own subjective feelings. And by virtue of the fact that we say that this person loves God, we're saying that there is a person and then there's God. There's two separate entities versus if we're trying to really uh, tap into the state of true godliness, which uh, which is which what is godliness? Godliness is exclusivity. There is only one reality and that one reality is godliness. There's nothing that has any substantial existence apart from him. Everything is as if not and nothing in comparison to him. We can't get there through love alone. We can't there just through get just through our minds alone. No matter how much we try to grasp and understand God, we're always gonna hit a brick wall because uh because our minds are by virtue of being our minds, are subjective to our own subjective experience. So we want to try to find a way way to break free of that. We want to try to way to empty our cup, so to speak, because God, just like the water in the in the story that we told in the beginning, can only dwell in a place that ha- that makes space for Him. So that's going to be the theme of today's Tanya. Uh, for context, again, we're in we're still in the middle of chapter thirty five, and let's get into the text and see how the Ultra Rebbe breaks this down, and we can discuss more as we go. So the Altar Rebbe begins and he says that the whole idea of the indwelling of the Shekhinah is the revelation of God and the infinite light in something. Meaning to say that this thing, like when we say that the the Shekhinah is dwelling, is within something, it means that this thing that it's dwelling within becomes totally subsumed in the light of God and becomes totally nullified completely. It's called batul b'motzius in Hebrew. So like totally nullified in its source completely. And the fact that it is nullified in this way, this allows the Shekhinah to be able to dwell and allow for the oneness of God to be revealed within this thing that's dwelling within it. However, anything which is not totally nullified to God like that is not nullified in its source completely, then the light of God cannot totally be revealed within it. So even if you have a tzaddik who's a total tzaddik who completely attaches themselves with total love to God, at the end of the day, as we've learned, there's no type of thought that actually can grasp God in a true way. Because the truth of God is that there's just one him alone. He's totally unified, totally one and there's nothing except for him and there's and everything else is is nothing in comparison to god so thus when we say that there's somebody who loves god this is a a something he's not a nothing so it means he's not really tapping into the true reality so again the true reality is that there's a god and then nothing (laughs) there's nothing else so if there's a person who's loving god this means there's a person so he's not tapping into this ultimate truth of nothingness because Again, there's no type of actual thought that can grasp God completely. So no matter how profound or deep a person is, how connected they are and whatever, they will never be able to totally grasp God. And 
so because they will never totally be able to grasp God in this full way, because they still have this sense of self, this light of God cannot totally rest upon them and to be revealed in them without, so now here's the caveat and here's how they can get around, around this, is through keeping mitzvahs. So without keeping mitzvahs, the divine indwelling cannot dwell upon them. So this means that when we keep mitzvahs, because what, why? Because what are keeping mitzvahs? Keeping mitzvahs is the will and wisdom of God, actually, without any concealment at all. So once again, so just to recap where we're at so far, we're saying that there is God and that ultimately there is nothing but God. And, but at the same time, God desired to create a world. So he created a world and through creating the world, the, in order for there to be a world that exists apart from him, he had to constrict his light into many different constrictions and concealments and all kinds of things like that. And so then when you have a person who's connecting to God in a very real and deep way, so you have a tzaddi, somebody who really works on themselves and has this ability to love and fear God in a true, very, very true way, as holy and spiritual as they may be, they're not really allowing God to fully rest within them because they are still a person and and they're not and they still have a sense of self-awareness. And so this sense of self-awareness that comes about by virtue almost paradoxically of the fact that it's displayed in the fact that they love God, they fear God. So they are a person who loves and fears God. This limits the flow of godliness into them. So how do we overcome this? Is we overcome this through the mitzvahs because when we when we talk about the mitzvahs and good deeds and things like that, those mitzvahs, those commandments that God gave to us are an expressed expression of his will and wisdom. And they're not constricted in the same way as other things. And actually we learned about in this chat in this chapter so far that the origin of all the worlds and the life force of all the worlds actually comes from these mitzvahs so it's actually the source of all of these mitzvahs so which means that when a person actually does the mitzvahs this is a way to actually tap into this level of total self-abnegation and allow god to dwell within them and now the ultra over here interjects with a like bracket kind of footnote like a note here where he says that he heard from his teacher who was the Magid of Masrich, uh for the reasoning why it is written in the Itzchaim that the light of the Ein Sof is not become unified even in the world of Atsilas which is the highest of all the four worlds as we've mentioned previously without being first included in the Sphira in the attribute of Chokhmah the Ein Sof meaning literally translating as the infinite an allusion to God, which is like ultimately the ultimate level of God, the highest level of God when we talk about God, is that he, like the true reality of that, of God, is that he alone exists and there's nothing aside from him. And this level of where there's nothing aside from him is the level of chokhmah, the level of wisdom. So the ultra rabbit doesn't really elaborate on this here. He does get into it elsewhere, but kind of what I think we did talk about it previously slightly is that the attribute of chokhmah is a very interesting one because it is sort of like the first of the revealed spheres, the revealed attributes. And it's a combination of two words, koach and ma, which means the power of what. So it kind of has this ability within it to serve as this like transfusion of godliness into the world by virtue of the fact that it's somewhat transparent in a certain sense. A very colloquial translation of the word chokhmah often is as intuition. And like the way that you can kind of like think about it is when people get this like, like they feel like they, they receive this like revelation or inspiration from on high, like it almost like comes from something outside of themselves. So it's again, there's like a selflessness that's 
apparent in the attribute of Chochmah, which is what the altar is hinting at here. But he doesn't really elaborate on it too much here, so I won't either, but he will get into it more later on, I'm pretty sure. So for now, that's the end of the section today, and we're going to continue along these lines tomorrow when we continue with this chapter. So stay tuned and I'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzhak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.